Welcome to the Job Factory podcast, presented by CUNY Career Development Society. My name is Blue, career coach and your host at the Job Factory, the career development and job search podcast. I interview real job seekers and share real stories as inspiration and hope for everyone out there looking for a job. During the episode, I will be offering career advice as we discuss job search strategies. At the end of the episode, I will offer relatable tips on how you can improve your job search. To find out more information about our services, please check out kcds.ca. Thank you, Richard, for joining me today in the podcast. Um, for the job factory. Um, so can, can I just start with a brief introduction um, and maybe just a, just a brief background about your work history and what's led you here to Nelson, BC? Yeah, well, thanks for asking me to be on this. Um, I started out in engineering in university and then found that it was more suited and more enjoyable to uh, be on the sort of the planning committee and the social committee and that sort of thing than to actually attend my classes. So uh, I was there for quite a while, five years, and uh, didn't finish the degree, but left there to uh, work with some friends' bands that I had met while running events at university. And through working with them, I started putting on shows. Um, and this sort of evolved over the years following. I remember having this sort of idea of like not knowing what I wanted to do, but was enjoying working with music and community. Um, so I figured I could do it for four years and it would probably cost me less money than doing another degree. And maybe I'd figure something out on the way. Uh, and it was pretty close to four years after leaving university that I was able to do only music stuff for work. So I started working at a bar, programming the bands and doing sound. And I had started a festival with some friends, uh, which morphed into... Uh, like a tech conference that also had a music component. So for those who know, it's sort of like a South by Southwest style, um, but significantly smaller being in a Canadian prairie city. Uh, and then doing that for a while, wanting to continue to do it as a job or a career. So moving to Toronto, it's pretty much the only place in Canada where there's really music going at a level that can keep someone employed and, and keep challenging me. Um, say for, you know, there's a, obviously festivals all across Canada, but there's um, job postings in Toronto, like there aren't other places. So going to Toronto um, and just sort of continuing the same path, starting at a music venue there, meeting tons of people, getting asked to join the board of a nonprofit organization um, that was doing similar work to what I was doing, very grassroots, uh, young, not necessarily, maybe not young, but like new and innovative, young as far as an artist, not in age of the, of the participants, but um, and then really like wanting to move away from the bar side of things and into more performance art um, and more continuing more on the cultural community side of it. So the nonprofit was great for that. Uh, and then I ended up at the Aga Khan Museum as a, as a stage technician, uh, performing arts technician, which was an amazing experience working. Aga Khan Museum is a museum of Islamic art and their mission statement is, is um, something to the effect of bringing communities together through art. And then from there, found a job posting in Calgary that was basically looking for me, my experience. It was a nonprofit 
uh, hiring someone to book, to program the stage in a bar restaurant that they were opening. Uh, so it would had start needed someone who's like grassroots sort of like started their own thing. Cause it's a lot of challenges and building something as opposed to walking into something already built. Uh, it was Western Canadian, which I had lots of experience from starting out in the prairies. Um, so I applied for that job and I was basically the, they were looking for me. So when it came to getting that job, how did you yeah. get, like, was that a job post that you just applied for? Yeah. It's a job posting a friend sent to me. Uh, with the comment, hey, they're looking for you. And then I read the description and was like, yeah, this is, wow, I am this person. So how did you get into that? Like, because that sounds like a great position. Was that through resume, cover letter, or was this like making connections and networking? Yeah, I mean, it's always in that scene. I knew the people and we knew the same people. So they, it was pretty easy for them to check, like to look into me. Right, yeah. Uh, even the person doing the hiring has a music project that had applied to my festival previously so he was very aware of my previous projects right uh, but it was just an application that i had sent yeah right with a with a name that they could connect to based on yeah. people that they already knew right great do and you projects on my resume that they knew okay so and in in that world of you know the arts and uh what you've been doing for the last 10 would it be 10 years fair to say something like that in the yeah more than that now yeah yeah and in, in that field, do you network heavily through social media? Are you guys all on LinkedIn? Is that like, is there anywhere in particular that you network online or? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know the exact percentage, but a vast majority of my coworkers are now out of work because of COVID. Of There's course. No, of I course, mean, the industry yeah. is basically shut down. Yeah. Um, so it's shifted a lot. I mean, it was Facebook was kind of the connector before because uh, because of Facebook events um, was really, I think, a big reason that it was there. Um, but I've noticed uh, a lot of my colleagues are on LinkedIn now and that weren't necessarily before. It's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting to hear about the link, how everybody's moving to LinkedIn because I definitely noticed since COVID and I've been there for a while that people have really I don't know if people are getting tired of Facebook or Facebook's not effective in terms of networking for jobs, but I've certainly noticed a lot of, a lot more traffic is on LinkedIn. So I, I really, mm -hmm. I really encourage people to go there um, and build a, a solid profile. Yeah. It's a different sort of brand, if you will. Um, there's, if I'm going to be applying for stuff outside of the arts, uh, there's things on, on Facebook projects that I've been involved with that, that would be to my benefit in an arts position and perhaps to my detriment. Otherwise, you know, right. If I'm going to be applying to a municipality, like doing a, uh, photos of me running a keg party in a backyard, maybe not yeah, uh, as relevant yeah. <laughs> or as useful as a municipality uh, for a municipality job posting as it would maybe for an arts organization. That's like, Oh, this person ran an event from the ground up. You know, it's a different thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. LinkedIn so, gives you more control over what, how you present yourself. Yeah, no, I agree. No, definitely. Yeah, the contract ended after about a year. Nelson was on the list as, a, as something we were looking at exploring at some point. But right. the reason it happened at that time was for sure COVID. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and so since you've been here, how are things looking in terms of careers? Because, of course, you're coming from a... And, 
in general anyway, is there enough work in your field line of work in this area yeah. to get employed? Or is that, you know, even, even if COVID wasn't a thing, is that an area that you could still pursue here? Yeah, without COVID, I think it's an area I could pursue in some way. It wouldn't be an easy go. And I, it certainly wouldn't be a straight up application to a position. Um, but I'd probably be able to piece together enough tech work and there's, you know, there's festivals, there's venues, there's concert yeah. series. I could put on my own, promote my own events. Um, yeah. So, and then with stuff I was sort of kind of looking into and still am or for like kind of down the line. Um, but now, and, and either way with an aspect of needing to get creative to sort of shift my job history into a new direction. Uh, but now that's my only option. I don't, I would right. always say like with my tech experience, I could just go into a hotel or convention center and just get work as an AV tech. It yeah. was always my available to me as a fallback. Um, didn't see pandemic coming though. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anybody did. And of course, so now, now you're kind of like throwing the chips up in the air, I guess somewhat. And um, yeah, pretty sure I'm going to end up in an area that I didn't plan on going <laughs> good old COVID I think that's eh? the likely scenario yeah. yeah and I think it's good to just you know with the pandemic just stay positive and you know just try and find those gaps that need filling right now yeah yeah the course definitely helped give me a bit of a direction so it changed it from this really frustrating task to now I have a direction to move in and it's um it's a lot easier to sit down and work on applying for jobs now than before so that's great and then another thought is, how, have you used LinkedIn in any way to expand your network locally here? For LinkedIn, I'm now, I spent a couple hours the other day, but it's, I've, I've always had a deep reluctance to LinkedIn. I really don't like it and I still don't like it, but I'm seeing defeat. And, uh, and I noticed more of my industries on there now. So I added a right. whole bunch of connections last week and did some editing and, um, it's sort of nice that uh, a lot of my my colleagues are in a similar position to me. So I think if I write them a review, they'll write me a review. It's maybe a good time to get some of that content in there. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Because um, people have time and people want it absolutely. for themselves as well. So Yeah. No, they very um, much do. Yeah. And I got connected with someone from Nelson um, there that I didn't know before. So they work in the arts. Um, and I just sent them a connection request yesterday. So I haven't followed up right. on that yet so with the passion job kind of on the sidelines you know for the for the moment at least with the COVID yeah. pandemic you're looking given your background it's sounding from everything we've talked about that uh, to work in the nonprofit sector is a great fit and you've got a lot yeah. of project management experience and such mm -hmm. right yeah 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 certainly from that the job factory, the course that I did last week helped me with that. It was sort of, I was really unsure on how to frame my skills and my experience into, into what direction to go in. So I was actually had it in my head that like administrative work. So I was applying for office administrator jobs and that sort of thing. And definitely wasn't uh, getting much traction going that way. So through that course, it really helped me frame the, find the shortest route to like, I was calling a performing arts experience, but calling it nonprofit experience and, and reframing everything with that lens. And then it's really changed the type of jobs I'm looking at and, and 
given me a bit more optimism on finding something. Have you given any thought to, to editing your LinkedIn account so that, because I noticed you have your LinkedIn account, uh, a hyperlink in your resume, or it looks like a hyperlink, so that mm-hmm. they're going to be drawn to look at that. And very likely, as many employers do now, they'll look you up online. Now, if they look at your LinkedIn account, is it going to be very strong on the audio technical background, or is it going to have a lot of community-oriented nonprofit work? Yeah, it's way more arts focused, so more of the community nonprofit. But uh, I haven't gone through it. Well, I, I rewrote some of the statements after the job factory, but I haven't gone through those job descriptions, previous jobs, uh, which I could do. And then the thing I'm working on right now is getting some good references from past collaborators or employers. Um, so hopefully yeah. those will get in there soon. I think that's a great way to go. I, I know I talk about that in the workshop now a lot about getting recommendations in the LinkedIn. And I, again, it's just impactful. Like when you look at somebody's LinkedIn account and there's, you know, half a dozen great recommendations from all these different nonprofits, I think that's really going to be noticeable. So can you just tell, give, me, give me an idea of this, this particular job that you're applying for right now with this resume that you've just showed me? Can you just give me a couple of highlights of the, the job title and what they're asking? Yeah, I'll... Maybe I should bring it up. It's uh, for executive assistant and office coordinator. Given the COVID situation, there's more um, requirement for organization and in remote meetings and and technology and that sort of thing, which I have a strong background in. So that was sort of the start point for looking into it. So one thing I do find with the resumes is that it's so tempting. And I find myself almost doing it when I looked at yours. I was thinking, oh, you know, that's fine. It's fine. I don't want him to change it too much. And then I think, you know what? There's actually a lot of people that want to live here in the area that we live. We live in this beautiful place, Nelson, Kootenays, British Columbia, and people are moving here from the cities and there's a lot of pressure uh, to get a job. There's a lot of people with a lot of experience coming in, especially with COVID now as well. More people are looking for remote work opportunities when they get laid off. So I do feel that as much as as well, it's so tempting just to say, hey, you know what, Richard, this is great. Just good. You did a great job. It's better than the first one you did. Just this will do. And yeah, that's not the right approach. And even though I'm being very picky and I find myself as I was doing that, I was thinking, no, I think it's actually worth you know, if it was an extra half an hour of moving things around, so they were really, you know, it really grabbed their attention. Um, they got six great candidates and they're not sure if they should have somebody in, they get this resume in. You have some great stuff. What I like about your um, resume is it's really subtle color. You've got the blue and the, the blue titles, which I really like. Now, I'm just going to be honest. When I look at your resume, because of the bold, what draws me in straight away is technician. And so in a, when I, as I scan it, I got community builder, which is a great phrase that you've used um, for over 10 years, working in nonprofit organizations, your drive, wide range of skills. You don't mention any of the skills. Um, would be one thing, but you know, I scan it. It, it looks like but I'm really drawn into the, that bot, the bold black, which is all about being a technician. But the key thing for this job which is more the nonprofit board member background, uh, being a festival director, um, producer. You got some really strong stuff that's very pointed towards this job on there, but it's down the left-hand column. 
and my eyes aren't although my eyes are scanning left to right because the bolt because the way of the you've got this this table yeah. form, so you've got a thin narrow left hand column it's easy to miss that because what you've got is your work experience in bold in the main in the main body of the page so that, yeah it's that work experience is it's organized by timeline rather than relevancy but does timeline maybe not matter? Is relevancy more important? I think if you're going to do it, if you're going to break it down in a chronological way and put the dates in there, I think you, it's appropriate to keep it chronological. I think it's confusing not to. Um, if you're going to handpick your work history and put it, I would, I might consider taking the time, the, the date out and just having three years or five years or three and a half years. And if you do it that way, you can, you can really pick and choose what you're putting in there so that making sure that the relevant stuff is in there. And I'm not yeah, saying sure. like, I mean, online events technician, I mean, all of this stuff, all of the, your background is going to be, you know, in some way that you're going to bring some really good transferable skills, a lot of organization, project management, that's one i i'm not a massive yeah. fan of the sidebar being used for some really like i use that for things like contact information references uh, if i have a list of skills i want to highlight or qualifications something like that maybe training certifications that sidebar down the left is a great place to put that um and then i would have the body of the like the strong stuff like your skill statements which you have there i would almost have them at the top and then your work experience kind of further down and then use that side left bar for you've got education could go in there your courses could go in there your references could go in there and i think i might use it in that way okay because you've got quite a bit of narrative in that sidebar and it's so it's so narrow it's actually hard to read yeah that's what the bolding was for i mean it was originally bullet points and then i expanded the bullet points um yeah i mean that makes sense just an extra kick for you to get yeah i've never been much for just doing good enough like everything i've done has been i'm willing to do the extra work so if i'm going to say that on the resume I might as well put it into the resume so moving on from that resume and the job application how is the networking going on in the area yeah um i'm i've been comfortable with that sort of thing like meeting people chatting with people um but i'm also a bit of a rambler which can go against me um, especially with trying to reframe what I've, the context of what I've done and relevant to what is the people that I'm talking with now, because going into detail about the museums, the museum that I worked at or the projects I worked on is maybe it doesn't, it's all the same to some people. So, um, but with this new, like reframing everything as nonprofit work rather than arts work, it's made that a lot easier. So from that course, we worked on elevator pitch and, um, it's something that I kind of had worked on before that even. And it was just kind of going around in circles and not in figuring out how to, to say how my skills are relevant and what does that mean? Cause it's not everyone can connect the dots or read between the lines of why is that a relevant skill? Yeah. Um, it's a little easier now, now that I can just say that it's a decade of nonprofit experience, project management and, and managing budgets and, and employees and volunteers. I mean, that's just, those things cross over well and that's yeah, two sentences no, so i absolutely agree with you 
there's another aspect, like you say, with the technical stuff. I mean, I've done Excel at quite a high level and taken a course and data analyst. And that was, there was a few months of just sending data analyst resumes into the void of remote work and seeing that a thousand other people, not exaggerating, actually a thousand other people applying for the same positions. And wow. And that was like beating my head against the wall. So now this like reframing it is nonprofit work feels more focused, but it doesn't, I mean, there's an aspect of it that's somewhat limiting. So I think I need to be aware of, of like, I mean, we're talking about this tech work stuff. Um, there could be somebody who's just looking for a junior data analyst and I could do that kind of work as well. And me staying all my nonprofit experience would, you know, doesn't speak to that part of it. So I think there needs to be a lot of listening and less talking to try and adapt what, what people are looking for their organizations right. to what I have to offer. Sort of. And I would say too, well, this is no brainer. I think you, you're very aware of this, but you know, before any of informational interview is going on the LinkedIn page, I think is really good looking at the company. And when you look at the company, you can actually look at the, um, the employees that oh, the title is people and you click on people and then you can just have a good, a good read through some of the profiles and get a sense for who works there what kind of training do they have an educational experience is there any lacking lack of training and education is that, is that going to be a hindrance to working with the organization and some organizations are very open and i feel it, i think it depends on the organization as to whether they really want those credentials or whether perhaps they just you know they want to see what kind of work experience have you proved that you can do the thing that you're saying you can do and one mm -hmm. thing is having a ticket like a you know a degree or you know a diploma but really if you've been doing 10 years of event management successfully and have great recommendations on linkedin the proof is in the pudding as they say like, have you got any thoughts in terms of like reaching out to do informational interviews is there anybody on your radar i haven't gone too far into that but i do have some suggestions from you and also from darren um yeah there's like that an it like a tech support provider it's just some work that i could do i just applied to canada post as a letter carrier um part-time casual which something like that would just take the financial pressure off and allow me to pursue the other stuff with less urgency you know so there's that side of it too that i might be looking for part-time just tech job Right. Uh, and then I'm also pursuing this idea of, of going back to school and seeing if any of those programs would support me to do that. So trying to get my old university access to the credits and then uh, to my transcripts and then seeing what it would take to turn that into something. So what are you thinking of in terms of retraining them? I'm looking into bookkeeping accounting something along those lines, because it seems very versatile and uh, something that I could still sort of maintain control of. It wouldn't just be apply to a job and work 40 hours a week somewhere. It can be like I can take on clients as I right. desire, that yeah, sort yeah. of thing. Uh, and it's math and sheets and money and that kind of stuff is interesting to me. So. Right. So you, could, you yeah. could lock yourself into a job like that just to get the income. And then again, have yeah. the weekends where you can, you know, live the passion as it were. Yeah. Well, you mean every nonprofit I've been a part of has needed and paid for a good bookkeeper or an accountant. 
they they're held to very high financial standards because yeah. they receive public funding so you usually have to get audited tax statements every year and um i ended up working with the finance department as much as my program director at the last nonprofit so it seems it actually seems like a good career path to get more financial education and certification for working in nonprofits even so great and interesting to hear your background um you know in terms of your career and this transition that you're going through because i think you're doing the right things i think taking these extra steps to hone your your job search skills and so again it sounds so dry the job search but i think it can be fun as well and i hope like i really enjoy like trying to find those right words and trying to find that branding statement that works and how to improve your LinkedIn in a way that is going to captivate the audience that you're networking with now that you're new to the area. I think, I think you're just doing all the right things. And I think, uh, yeah, I think this reframing will be really interesting to see where it goes. Cool. Yeah. I appreciate the help for sure. All right. Well, we'll right, talk to thanks. you for sure and be in touch. Yeah. There were some great takeaways from the conversation with Richard. So first of all, some great news. Richard just told me a couple of days ago that he got a job. Uh, it's not what he was looking for, but it's by expanding his job search, he was able to secure a job managing a local facility. So this is great because it helps him pay the bills, uh, as he said, and it also gives him time to explore his passion you know, down other avenues, uh, whether it be volunteering or just getting, you know, taking time to get to know the network in the local community because he's new to the area. They had, this is a great tip actually, they had another candidate lined up, but they were so impressed by his cover letter uh, that he wrote during the workshop and through our conversations that they decided to interview him anyway. And of course, he, in, he aced the interview. By creating an elevator pitch in the workshop, reframing his work experience, that helped him to refine and expand his job search. And that's a really great way to go. The new perspective focusing on his project management and related experience in nonprofits really helped Richard sharpen his elevator pitch to be more direct and effective. And it sounds like this did work in the interview. Like Richard, adapt your approach given that there are limitations with the pandemic, shutting down industries and maybe other limitations that may exist. For example, uh, labor market is saturated uh, with workers in a particular field. Maybe you're new to an area as well, so there's limitations because you don't know anybody in the local network, and you know, and so on. So with no, in this case, with no events on the horizon and work for technicians and events limited, Richard identified a new direction towards the nonprofit with his administration skills, and with these, the focus on these soft skills, these transferable skills, that really helped him move things forward. So this is a great way to modify your job search strategy if you find nothing is working. So think about going back to the drawing board and maybe reframing what your uh, focus is. So your resume, the other thing here is your resume is never good enough. Changing the layout to be more impactful. That was really the point that was being made in the conversation today. By targeting the job with important key skills highlighted and being careful to lay the resume out in a way that captures the eye. So don't forget the six second rule. That's a really good take home. And if you're not sure, give your resume to a friend or a colleague Give them six seconds and what information jumps out the page in those six seconds? Is it relevant to the targeted job? And if it's not, consider reworking, maybe change the layout, maybe change some of the language, 
the keywords to make sure that it is going to be more impactful. One of the last things I want to say is the LinkedIn. Using LinkedIn. LinkedIn, Facebook is great for informal networking, but LinkedIn is very valuable for professional connections. It's being widely used since the pandemic. And it was interesting to hear that Richard highlighted many of his friends that weren't previously on LinkedIn now are using that platform. So think about changing, creating a LinkedIn account, first of all, and then think about changing it to match your job search plan. So does it match up with your resume and your targeted job? Richard has been exploring multiple options, including Canada Post. He's been looking at retraining. He was casting the net wide. And I think these are really positive steps that will help you as well. So what I would say is be open to change. If something's not working, go back to the drawing board. Consider reworking your resume, maybe even just reframing your job search plan in terms of, you know, what are you offering? What are your transferable skills? What's your target job? You know, maybe there needs to be a shift. So in the case of Richard, by casting the net wide, it's actually created, created a job that he wasn't expecting. He wasn't particularly looking for even at the beginning, but it's actually set him up to be able to pay the bills. And now he's going to be looking for other opportunities to explore his passions elsewhere. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Job Factory podcast. Subscribe now and make sure you don't miss our next episode. For more information about our employment services, please go to our website at kcds.ca.